0: Hello and welcome back to the Drugs in King County podcast. I am Elliot, and I am joined today by my co-hosts, Sharon, Victor,
1: and
2: Cameron.
0: Today we are going over the counter argument to the topic of rehabilitation and softer punishments are more beneficial than strict and harsher sentences. We will discuss the aspect of rehabilitation, sentencing, and legalization for drug offenders. Victor, can you start us off with telling us about why rehabilitation hasn't made much progress over the years?
3: Yeah, so since the 1970s, when retribution replaced rehabilitation as the dominant sentencing philosophy, prison populations have climbed while crime has continued to rise. Um, the public saw this and argued that, with the justice system saying that rehabilitation does not work and that prisoners need harsher punishments instead. Lipton from Narcotic and Drug Research Incorporation from New York said that rehabilitation won't help decrease crimes nor mass incarceration and has essentially concluded that nothing works. As rehabilitation has fallen into disfavor, harsher felony offender laws were enacted, which made legislators mandate harsher sentences against drug dealers and users in the 1980s. As a result of these new sentencing laws, the nation's prisons became full of serious drug abusing offenders, including many recidivists. As the government looked for new ways to reduce the prison population, they concluded that rehabilitation should be only used for low drug offenders. So they initiated these rehabilitation programs back in prisons in the early 2000s. These rehabilitation programs have been scientifically proven that Certain types of prison-based drug treatment can substantially curb some recidivism, but only programs are now used for low drug offenders.
0: And so how have rehabilitation programs evolved during the years?
3: Well, there has been an increase in rehabilitation programs, but a lot of policy policymakers disagree with these. Funds for prison and construction and for maintenance have been given priority over funds for treatment. Since the prison population is growing so fast, the government sees that more money is needed for building prisons rather than rehabilitation programs. And the public wants more criminals punished rather than have them in rehabilitation programs. And on top of that, these rehabilitation programs were proven to not work as well. These policymakers believe that the only way to control crime is to keep criminals inside prisons and that putting criminals into rehabilitation programs is simply an easy get out of jail card. In 1974, Robert Markinson published a highly influential article in the public interest entitled, What Works? Questions and Answers About Prison Reform. His main conclusion was that with few and isolated exceptions, The rehabilitative efforts that have been reported so far have no appreciable effect on recidivism. Has
0: there been any other research on the subject?
3: Yes, another pair of researchers by the names of Douglas, Lipton, and Martinson, which I mentioned before, teamed up on this case and spent 30 years researching different methods on how to decrease mass incarceration and recidivism. They wrote a book called The Effectiveness of Correctional Treatment, and the basic conclusion was that the field of corrections has not been yet found satisfactory ways to reduce recidivism by significant amounts. Other authors, such as Bailey, who evaluated over 100 report studies, essentially came to the same
0: conclusion. How has the price of rehabilitation influenced decisions?
3: Well, many policymakers argue that the use of rehabilitation programs for most criminals will increase the price of how much the U.S. is already spending on prisons. America being in $27 trillion in debt already shows the government that an alternative should be developed that does not include rehabilitation programs because they are not seen effective and are only a waste of money. According to Vera, the Prince of Prisoner, the article gives its statistics, of the prisoner that America is paying at this very moment, which is $37,841. And to put one of those people into an in-prison rehabilitation program would be an average of $1,960, depending on how long the treatment is, of course. Um, But overall, people believe that harsher sentencing would make more sense economically. And they say that criminals that commit crimes should be punished rather than put into rehabilitation programs.
0: There are some interesting points here on why we haven't progressed rehabilitation much in the past, but I don't think I'm sold on the idea that we should have harsher punishments yet. Sharon, can you tell us about the sentencing aspect of harsher punishments?
1: Yes. So David Berner from the Sentencing Guidelines Commission did a review on public sentencing in 2001. In 1995, Drug Offender Sentencing Alternative, abbreviated as DOSA, was created in Washington and it provides drug treatment in prison for offenders sentenced to prison for certain drug offenses. The reason that DOSA was created was the increase in drug and drug-related property offenses. It created a demand for drug treatment. In a public sentence review, it stated that convictions for drug offenses in Washington State doubled between 1985 and 1987, and it doubled again between 1987 and 1989. Yet, the eligibility for those are expended in 1999, including all offenders convicted of a violation of the Uniform Controlled Substance Act, abbreviated as VUCSA with sentences greater than one year. An offender is eligible for the DOSA program if the offender is convicted of a felony that is not a violent offense or sex offense, and the violation does not involve a sentence enhancement. Also, the offender has no current or prior convictions for a sex offense or violent offense in the United States. So basically, all non-violent non-sex offenders are eligible for DOSA.
0: How has DOSA affected offenders in sentencing?
1: So DOSA is a program where sentences are only one half midpoint of their original sentence. The Department of Correction is also required to perform a need assessment and provide appropriate treatment during the period of confinement. DOSA offenders serve in community custody, which must include appropriate of patient substance abuse treatment, including submission to urinalists, you're in, you're in, the. Oh my God! Hold Your on. analysis. Your analysis. Thank you. Or other testing to monitor compliance. Offenders must, must abide by all specific prohibitions.
0: So, how have these different programs affected incarceration rates?
1: Well, obviously, there is a down part with such support, so supportive programs. The incarceration rate went skyrocketing. David Borner, who is the author of the Public Sentence Review, said that there is a strong component of if you build it, they will come, a dodge in drug treatment and sentencing. The sentences include a treatment component whenever and wherever credible drug treatment programs exist. When those programs are primarily available in prisons or jails, the court sentence offenders to a period of confinement sufficient for the offender to become eligible to complete the program.
0: What does that mean?
1: Um, it, basi- it basically means that the judge has to expand their sentences so that they can receive or complete the program. An example at the local level is the stages of change, drug education program offered in King County facilities. Eligibility is restricted to offenders with 60 days to serve after the sentence is re- is reduced by the one third earned release credit, some misdemeanants who might have previously received short sentences now receive much longer sentences in hopes that they will receive treatment, which the program can be harmful by having more prisoners and much longer sentences.
0: Thank you, Sharon, for going over aspects of sentencing for drug felons. Cameron. Now that we've talked about rehabilitation and sentencing, could you finish this off by telling us about the downside of legalization?
2: Yeah, so the Office of National Drug Control Policy published a fact sheet back in October of 2010, and that fact sheet compiled data from 2002 to 2009, and this was compiled by the Obama administration, and it uses graphs to illustrate the state of drug use in the United States. And it was meant to illustrate the different effects of leniency on marijuana use and what those effects have on society and use specifically. Uh, the charts in the fact sheet showed trends and data with overlapping time periods, showing correlations between cause and effect of legalization and multiple downsides such as lack of understanding of repercussions.
0: How are youth viewing the risks in taking marijuana?
2: Well, one of the main critiques of legalization of drugs, and specifically in marijuana, is how it could change the public perception of drug use. The main concern lies within the impact it would have on youth, with them being more impressionable than other age groups. Uh, legalization could be perceived as promotion of drug use, whereas if it's illegal, it's a lot more uh, frowned upon in society. So once we showed that, will track the past month marijuana use among ages 12 to 17, and that study showed that there was a 9 percent jump from 2008 to 2009, and along with that study, it also tracked the perception of great risk in smoking marijuana once a month, and that part of the study showed a decline from 2008 to 2009, where it fell from 33.9%, thinking that there was a great risk uh, associated with smoking marijuana. and. In 2009, it went down to 30.7%, and this is also the same age group from 12 to 17. The data seems to show with time, youth has viewed marijuana as being less harmful, and coinciding with that viewpoint, there has been an increase in the use of marijuana.
0: So, how many people caught with marijuana actually go to prisons?
2: Yeah, that's another uh, good aspect of the argument. Uh, As one of the arguments for proponents of legalization... (inaudible) people incarcerated, in turn helping reduce mass incarceration. But uh, there's been surveys that have discredited that viewpoint. Uh, one such survey was one by done by the Bureau of Justice Statistics, and it showed that 0.7% or point yep, 0.7% of all state inmates were behind bars for marijuana possession only. So this is a very low number, and this study refutes the notion that of legalization will help mass incarceration as the vast majority of inmates would still be incarcerated even with legalization of marijuana because a lot of them are in there because of other reasons, and marijuana possession could just be one of the things in the lawn, a long sheet of issues. Another reason for keeping drugs criminalized is that it keeps the price of drugs higher. So if people want to use it, even if they do, it's illegal use is likely to do to uh, to raise the cost so it, it it's uh, less accessible.
0: So many supporters of legalization mention the potential benefit of the revenue generated from legalization and taxation of drugs. What are counter arguments to this take?
2: Yeah, so that take is actually um, usually filled with fallacies so This is a benefit centered argument that overlooks the cost of legalization. So the cost to society of alcohol and tobacco, substances that are legal and taxed are actually much greater than the revenue that they generate from the taxation. And so a study was done and it showed that, or not a study, but it's just uh, a report showed that uh, federal excise taxes collected on alcohol in 2007 totaled around $9 billion, And of that $9 billion, states collected about $5.5 of that. Combined with these amounts are less than 10% of the estimated $185 billion in alcohol-related costs to healthcare, criminal, criminal justice, and the workplace in the form of lost productivity. And so when you take into account the costs that are actually associated with legalization, it actually outweighs the benefits of The revenue you generate from taxation.
0: Well, thank you, Cameron, for going over the information on the legalization part of the process of incarceration for drug offenders. (laughs) This has been an interesting podcast and I can definitely see where the other side is coming from when they say that they'd rather use punishment than rehabilitation. Thanks for listening and this has been the Drugs in King County podcast.